Welcome back, everybody, to another exciting episode of SVT. I am joined with my main man, Vince. What's up, buddy? And I got my buddy, Tim, on the ones and twos. What, what? How's it going? We have, we have no Tyler. Unfortunately, he has fallen ill. I was ill for a few weeks. I did catch the COVID. It was my first time. I don't know if you guys have caught in it. I, I, I did it. on my honeymoon, yeah. Oh, my. I do remember that now, Vince. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. It, you know, I didn't have the worst podcast. <laughs> did you have it? Have you caught it, Tim? Oh, I, I'm not. I'm not giving that information away. <laughs> OK, I caught it and I didn't get it real bad, but it was bad enough to miss work, miss the podcast. I lost my voice. I was uh, body ache, headache, um, all of that. So I don't know if Tyler has it, but he's not feeling well. So we're going to have. The Wrexham updates, I know he's going to want to, I know it's going to be a week late, but I know when he gets back, he's going to want to revisit the World Cup. We're going to talk about a little bit today with Vince, but I know he's going to want to revisit that. So don't worry, everybody. We're going to talk about Wrexham. We're going to talk about more World Cup. We're going to talk about the Sharks. We're going to talk about MOB Hot Stove. We're going to have more of all that for you, but, you know, it's going to be me and Vince getting through the soccer stuff, the world cup stuff. Yep. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm a pretty big soccer fan. So you are. Uh, yeah. So uh, but we got to, we'll we're going right. to be pretty NFL heavy. We're going to be yep. NBA heavy. So let's get, uh, let's get started. Let's get rolling. Vince, you know, I love me some uh, NFL scores. So give it to me, baby. All right. So we're going to skip Thursday because that's my game. Uh, so we're going to jump into Saturday, Minnesota over Indianapolis, 39-36 in overtime. We'll talk Great a little bit game. more about oh that game in a, in a second. Cleveland over Baltimore, 13-3. Buffalo over Miami, 32-29. That was another thriller. Another. Uh, on Sunday, New Orleans over Atlanta, 21-18. Pittsburgh beat Carolina, 24-16. Jacksonville with the stunner in overtime over Dallas, 40 to 34. Detroit over the New York Jets, 20 to 17. Philly beat Chicago, 25 20. Kansas City squeaks by Houston, 30 to 24 in overtime. Denver comes up big with the win over Arizona, 24 15. Cincinnati beat Tampa Bay, 34 23. Another big game. Yeah, another big game. The Los Angeles Chargers beat Tennessee 17-14. On the Sunday night nightcap, the Giants beat Washington 20-12. And on Monday night football, Green Bay all over the Los Angeles Rams 24-12. So let's circle back around. I'm just going to dive into the Niners game real quick. They played on Thursday, 21-13. They get the win over Seattle. Brock Purdy's second start in his career he gets the win and he didn't I, I think he didn't look quite as good quite as sharp as he did in the first start but I'm actually going to chalk that up to it being a Thursday night game so you don't have nearly as much time to uh, you know to prepare for I, I hate these Thursday night games so much unfortunately really nobody looks good on a Thursday night yeah, game exactly so if you if you look good it's just because of raw talent uh overcoming any uh deficiencies in preparation right. so i mean like i'm glad the niners got the win obviously and purdy looked good enough he did make a couple of really nice plays um looking off some of the def defenders so i'm i'm happy to see how how uh he double pump fake bro yeah the double pump <laughs> fake i love it um uh just really Pumped to see how this rookie can do Double going punch. into the playoffs. <laughs> the Niners clinched the <laughs> NFC West in this game. So they uh, they punched their ticket. They're going to the playoffs. Uh, they're going to be at least a three seed, possibly the, the two seed. We'll see what happens with Minnesota going forward. Um, Sam, let's talk about your Raiders real quick. They get the win in miraculous fashion, 30 to 24 over New England. Uh, what the fuck happened with that last play, my friend? <laughs> yeah. Um, God damn. So I know, I know the Raiders came down the field. They blew the lead. They come down the field. They score the touchdown on what's a controversial. As soon as he's, as soon as 
uh, Keelan Cole touched that, uh, had, you know, that touchdown was announced. It was just me and Julia at home. And I said, Julia, that's not a touchdown. I did not think that was a touchdown. However, the benefit of the doubt went to the Raiders. I have all year have criticized the referees, not just Raider games across the NFL. I watched three or four or five games a weekend. This has been the worst season I think I've ever seen referees call games. And I didn't think it was a touchdown, but at the same time, I was glad that finally something rolled the Raiders way because I'm not trying to be biased. It just seems like the Raiders never get a call that goes their way. And it seems like it's always against them. Um, so I am glad they got the tie. And I'm definitely glad they won the game. Um, and I'm definitely glad that the Patriots soiled themselves. And I'm definitely glad that yeah. out of all the Patriots to soil themselves, it was the Patriot of the past, what, four years that has been the Mr. Patriot that has done things the Patriot way. And I don't know what the fuck he was thinking. You know, just take the tackle, go into overtime and see what happens. I have no idea why you would lateral that back to the quarterback. And uh, it was just really great to see Chandler Jones stiff arm Mac Jones and oh, run it back. He, he sent him straight to the fifth level of hell. That's how yeah. far hard he stiff armed him. Like, like there's a tombstone. I do not, up, man. It was bad. I wow. do not believe the Raiders are going to make the playoffs. However, I'm interested. Keep it interesting. And um, I, you know, I'm just excited that they're still in it. I'm, you know, if they can win out, then maybe you got a chance. Um, I'm just hoping that they stay competitive and learn how to close out games. I'm hoping that we still have yet to see a complete game where the Raiders have really dominated three phases of the game. We haven't seen that. Um, so we haven't really seen that much defensive improvement. We've seen Chandler Jones get more numbers, um, but we haven't seen a game that's been complete, and that's what I'm looking for. So hopefully in these next three games, we get to see a complete game by the Raiders um, to go into the offseason, maybe into the playoffs, um, where they look really good, where we see that potential that we thought – was going to be there uh, at the beginning of the year um, because they've let's be honest, you know, they're probably still the biggest disappointment in the NFL. They should definitely be, be four or five wins better than what the record says. Um, they blew four games with double digit leads. If they have those four games, they are the number one, number two, number three seed in the, in the AFC. Um, so they are, you know, they're falling short, even if they're staying competitive. So uh, I am going to push back a little bit on the disappointment talks because uh, Russell Wilson does exist. Um, that's an even bigger disappointment because they're playing even worse. And all three of us had them at least fighting for the playoffs, if not in the playoffs. And we're not the only ones. Pretty much every talking head, every everybody you talk to that watches NFL thought the Broncos were a quarterback away from really making some noise. And we even said it on this podcast. So um, Denver is a bigger disappointment to me because I expected a little bit of regression from the Raiders to be said. To, that being said, though, the way that the Raiders have lost games, you talk about the multiple double digit leads that they're giving up. They made um, it not something. Form. That, that's not something that you expect or the uh, Raiders have made from. it an art form on blowing leads. Yeah. I so, mean, that's rare yeah. to, to, to be that stinky mm -hmm. and to be an artist. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I do want to, I know quickly we got a lot to get through, but I do want to jump back to the 49ers. Yeah. Because um, we got, we got to talk about Purdy real quick. Um, He did not look as good, but I also, feel very impressed with him because I feel like he knows where to dump the ball off. He knows everybody's routes. They're on the same page. He's on the same page with whoever the wide receiver is, wherever he's calling the, the offensive line to shift uh, protection, whether it's run block or pass block. Um, the dude's got way more on the throw 
than I saw in preseason. I do want to shout out former Raider announcer, now 49er announcer, Greg Papa, because Greg Papa was on Purdy in preseason. He was. He Greg was. Papa was saying, you can win with this guy. You can win. He, you know, Greg Papa was on that bandwagon day one. I was not because I'm you're never on the bandwagon of Mr. Irrelevant, no matter what position he plays. And Purdy knows the offense. I think if he was in another offense, I don't know if he's this good or this impressive, but I think he just gets Kyle Shanahan's offense. And maybe it's just all of the reps he got to take in college coming out of prepare, coming out of college, prepared, ready to study. Maybe it's coming into the games, you know, later into the season. And he's just been a, 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 a professional earlier before the podcast, we were talking about what it is to be a professional being ready to take on the task, no matter what your career is. And Purdy talked about Trey Lance and how professional he was and Jimmy Garoppolo being how professional he was and how the quarterback room is just so good. And that he's just a guy that needs to keep, keep, keep the ball moving. Right. And I just think he's checking all the boxes, man. Like I'm kind of like, Oh shit. I think the 49ers really hit on a quarterback. And I know last time we were on the podcast, we talked about hypothetical game, but I just, the, 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 the feelings are really high on Purdy. And I think there's a controversy going into the next season, depending on how this season ends. As long as he don't look ugly in whatever game ends the season, you know, four picks, <laughs> whatever that is, there's a controversy because he knows this offense and I think he's going to get better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it seems like he's been waiting for his moment and all these things with, uh, you know, Jimmy G and Trey Lance. It's just, it seems like, he's just been waiting to be put into the game. Like put me in coach. <laughs> like I can do this. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. He looks ready to go Vince. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I don't have any arguments on that for sure. I'm really excited about what the future, uh, especially the immediate future holds. Um, I am a little bit uh, reticent to like go full bore. Like this is it. We found the guy just because um, it once NFL teams get some game tape on you. They learn how to start attacking your weaknesses. And I want to see how Brock responds to, to, you know, uh, having different types of pressure put on him and stuff like that. So I would like to see uh, the 49ers in the next three games, have a close game, you know, have a game where Purdy has to put together a fourth quarter drive an overtime drive. Yeah. And get the ball downfield. Yeah, this yeah. Uh, this game ended up only being eight points, which of course is a touchdown and a two point conversion. But there wasn't ever really any doubt. Uh, Seattle got that touchdown late to make it a little bit more interesting. The game was but, yeah, the game was apart than yeah. what the final score said. Exactly. Yeah. So so yeah, I, I want to see him in different situations because we know he can front run right now. So that's great, and I love yeah. to see that. Um, you know, they were able to put the game away last week uh and i just I, i'm i'm really excited to see what what happens going forward with brock 100 uh, big big yeah. cock brock as they're saying yeah 100 yeah, oh he's already got a nickname <laughs> oh yeah yeah, he, yeah. he's got the right. dick name yeah that's right um, um i think we we, we want to talk about a couple of other nfl games right this um, was one this is like honestly this is one of the most exciting weekends of football i think i've ever seen it's so I, good the, the Minnesota just seems like every week they play is the game of the year. It just seems like everything they do is the game of the year. Yeah, I was already calling them frauds because they were down 33 nothing to Indianapolis. They end up coming back, but that being said, you were still down 33 to nothing at one point. So I'm not scared of them. I'm I recognize the talent of Minnesota and they are certainly capable uh that no lead is safe, you know, in the NFL. They say, you know, no lead is safe. But with Minnesota, they do have some firepower. And if Kirk Cousins uh, can get it together in a primetime game, look out, you know? Um, I mean, it's easy to say that they came back in the second half. 
but it's really, I mean, Kirk Cousins threw a pick in the second half. It's really the, what was it? Four minutes left in the third quarter mm-hmm. that they, they, you know, that's really where the comeback began was like the end of the third quarter. Yeah. They, they did it in about 20 minutes or so. So I've never seen anything like nobody has ever seen anything like that. Um, I had moved on with my day. I was watching something else. And then all of a sudden I get an alerts like this game is tightening up. And th- that's when I flipped it back on to check it out. And wow. You know, I, I had the game on. So I did see the entire game. But I was like, it got to the second half, and I was kind of like doing other stuff. I was getting getting prepared, getting you know, getting ready for the day, getting the grill ready because we're going to be doing some grilling for uh, Julia's birthday. Nice. So I was kind of like, all right, this game's done. I might as well like start doing some chores, get ready. And then the game is like tight, and we're getting ready to go. And I'm like, oh my god, we got to finish this game. I can't leave until this game is <laughs> over. Um, so I ended up having to leave. And as we're driving, I had the game on my cell phone. Like I was like in the car, game on my cell phone. <laughs> Thank you. Shout out YouTube TV. <laughs> it, it, you were a walking embodiment of those TV commercials. Oh my god, the NFL with you anywhere. <laughs> oh, but Julia's like. What are you doing? Why you don't even you're not even a Vikings fan? I'm like, this is the most exciting game since two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> great oh. game. Um, absolutely great game. Um, and what was great was like, you know, all of their playmakers made made plays, but it was like a lot of their uh what was it the the second third wide receiver, Gabriel? Um uh uh God, what was his, his name? name? Um I'm terrible with names. Even if they're uh, in front of me. But uh, KJ Osborne. Making, was it Osborne? Yeah, KJ Osborne. He was making, he made all kinds of big catches. Oh, yeah. He had um, a day. So, I mean, he had a coming out party. Uh, Thielen caught what, two touchdown passes? I think so. Yeah. I mean, it was just, uh, uh, but Kirk Cousins, that second half, the, the last 15, 20 minutes of the game, he just went ape shit. Like, he just went bonkers. So, um, I do not think they're the best team in the NFC, but like you said, Vince, no lead is safe and you cannot, no matter what the score is, the Minnesota Vikings can figure it out in a jiffy and put numbers Mm -hmm. and that defense can create turnovers and out of nowhere, they could be right back in it. So in a playoff game, I know you're the 49er fan and, and Tyler's the Eagle fan that game ain't over until that clock says zero, no matter what team, even against a defense like the 49ers, that game ain't over until Mm -hmm. it's zero because they'll put, yeah, they'll put numbers up. You got Jefferson and Dalvin cook are um, elite at their position. Uh, Jefferson is top three wide receiver in the league, in this league, Uh, him, Devontae Adams and Jamar chase. I think those are your top three. Um, Dalvin cook is like, he's fallen off a little bit this year, but he's still, you know, Top ten, he'll still, he'll still put easily. it on you. And I mean, he, look at look he at some made of those that runs. big play, man. Like, what is it? Uh, what was that? It was like a sixty-two yard uh, touchdown catch that ended up tying the game, right? Like, I mean, he's he the one that still put the burners yeah, on, absolutely. and smoke anybody. Yeah, that that actually uh, that that Dalvin Cook tug made me um, uh, a little bit nervous in fantasy football. I'll say that uh, got the game a little bit closer than I would have liked. Um, other than that, uh, yeah. Uh, Minnesota is not to be trifled with. You have to take them seriously. You have to lock them up for 60 minutes and maybe more if you have to go to overtime. I mean, pretty much since Thursday, we got the Saturday games and then we got the Sunday games and then the Monday night game. Pretty much every single game after Thursday night, it just seemed like every game was hold my beer. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm so glad, but you know, the Patriots said, hold on, let me hold everybody's beer (laughs) (laughs) because that was the most bonkers shit I ever seen in my life uh, on a football field. But I mean, the, the Buffalo Miami game with all that snow Mm -hmm. was crazy exciting. I mean, this whole week and, and the Jaguars, 
The Jaguars doing everybody a favor. I said this at the beginning of the year. And last episode, when we were all on together, Tyler still shits on Doug Peterson, who got the Eagles a Super Bowl where he should be eaten for free. If you're a coach, a quarterback, a player, and you get your team a Super Bowl, you eat for free for life. And a lot of Eagles fans talk shit about him. All of a sudden, Trevor Lawrence looks like the number one pick. And I think this shows just how bad an NFL coach Urban Meyer was because the Jaguars are improving every single week. And I think the next year Jaguars... They got a quarterback. They got a running back. They got Calvin Ridley, too. So when Calvin Ridley gets unsuspended, I mean, if he's, he doesn't even have to, he was, you know, borderline top 12 wide receiver when he was suspended. They have playmakers and they're getting good coaching. Yeah. If he's really good coaching. Yeah. And Jaguars are going to be real trendy pick next year for uh, playoffs, making some noise. Absolutely. Um, they could, they, they look at their game. And then the Lions, the Detroit Lions. I mean, we laugh at their head coach because he's like fighting kneecaps and shit. He's yeah. like Conan the Barbarian. Like he's so rah, rah. And the past few weeks, like you have so many players coming out, defending their coach, believing in their coach, and saying, like, Everybody wants to take him just as the personality on TV, the raw, raw guy, but they don't under, they don't know how many hours he puts in to study, to teach and how smart he actually is in the game of football. They believe in their coach and belief is a powerful thing. And I think that's where the Raiders fucked up. You know, the Raiders fucked up. I, I honestly believe Basaccia, maybe he's not the sexiest pick to keep as a head coach. But I think, I mean, look at uh, Harbaugh in Baltimore. He was a special teams coach, and he he doesn't call plays offensive or defensive. But I think he's a good CEO of the team. And since he's been there in Baltimore, they've been competitive. And I think with Basaccia, you could have had a very competitive Raider team. And I think that's what Detroit has. They got a coach. Maybe he's not the he's not the Sean Payton or the Kyle Shanahan, the X's and O's guys. That's the sexiest defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator. But he has the belief of his players. They believe in him, and that all of a sudden the Detroit Lions look competitive, and they're going to take a haymaker and they're going to give some haymakers. So they're. They're a fun team to watch. All of a sudden, Detroit's fun to watch. Yeah, check this out. They're one. They're half a game out of a playoff spot right yep. now. They are right in this fucking thing. And I mean, if they win out, that's a ten and seven. Like if they win their next three, that's ten wins. And that they're they're currently on a three game win streak. I mean, that's a team that I, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't be looking forward. They to might be playing dangerous, them, man. You know? They could they, be they, very they, dangerous. They, they would be a tough out. I think. I think we're maybe getting ahead of ourselves just a little bit here, but they're fun and they're fun. Th- that that's it's a it's a game, it's a kids game at the at its core, right? A, a football, and when you see guys out there having fun and they're making plays, and you know their big linemen are making uh, catches out of nowhere, it's uh, on on weirdly drawn up plays. It's just it, it's it's fun. I don't know what else. There's plenty of other words to describe it, but. They are enjoying themselves, and it's just a great time. This has to be one of the most exciting seasons of NFL just because there's so many storylines. Like earlier, we were talking about the Jets, and they were terrible. And then Sala goes off on the, we got the receipts. And then they went on a winning streak, and then they suck again. (laughs) Yeah, so the the Jets have lost three straight, but they're 7-7. and They're only one game out of a playoff spot right now as it is. Uh, and they uh, the uh, the Dolphins hold that last uh, playoff spot right now, so that that's a division rival right there. You can you can put I was that watching up. As- a, I was watching a video podcast, and they they ask uh, on the podcast they go, 
Well, if the Raiders were to trade Derek Carr, who do you think would be in line? And the person who they were interviewing was like, any team that's a borderline playoff team right now would want Derek Carr, you know? And then they busted out the spreadsheet on Derek Carr has never finished a season with a defense over, like he's never finished with a defense past number 25. He is, his teams have finished in the bottom third defensively every, every season he's been in the NFL. And you put him on a team with a upper half defensive team, you know, you don't know what you're going to get. You know, you, you know, Kirk cousins doesn't get a lot of love, but he's had teams where that had good defenses. So can you imagine Derek Carr? going to the jets <laughs> that might be dangerous it, it it'll be fun and you know they'll talk about it uh because that's a new york team and the you know uh any team in a major media market they're gonna get some play and uh, uh you you put Derek carr in the jets especially uh with the the dumpster fire that um zach wilson has been basically over these uh first two years of his career uh that is a wild thing to happen. And I think that they have the, the jets currently have a, you know, a, a shit tier version of Derek Carr right now as their third string quarterback in, um, in uh, Flacco, you know? Yeah. So uh, it, I, I guess what I'm saying is Derek Carr is what Joe Flacco wishes he could be, you know? Um, Derek, uh, I, uh, I, I think Derek Flacco Carr's got a, that a much, one Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, He's yeah. Flacco, one. Flacco had that, that one year. That one crazy good year. Um, I mean, he had that uh, one crazy good playoff run. Exactly, where it was a he, playoff. Well, run. like he, he didn't just, throw a pick. He didn't throw a yeah. pick the entire playoff yeah. run or he something was, crazy. Yeah, yeah. He he was uh, in uh, it was the NBA Jam Rule, man. He was on fire. Yeah, know? I mean, so, he got into the playoffs and and just went ape shit. Like he yeah. didn't he didn't turn the ball over. Yeah. Okay. Um, we get all this uh, fun NFL out. Yeah, we're good. All right. So uh, I mean, I could talk NFL for eight hours. We could keep going, but uh, we're already almost a half an hour into this bad boy. It's a one hour show. (laughs) Yeah. Let's move from football to football and the World Cup. This is our uh, uh, this is the final that just happened. We talked about it last week, how uh, we would know who won by this time we, we recorded. And this is a game that did not disappoint. And if you're someone who was looking to get started to watch soccer. Um, You could start with this game, but I just want to caution you. It doesn't get any better than what happened in this game. This is the top. This is the best soccer game I've ever seen in my life. And you can't expect magic like this every time. In fact, don't expect it anytime uh, because this uh, Argentina jumps out in front to nothing early. Um, Lionel Messi got a goal. Uh, so did Angel Di Maria, and basically, and France did two did an early substitution, a couple of early ones before the first half even happened. You only get five subs for the entire game, and you get three windows to do it. So they burned one in like the forty first minute, uh, putting two new guys in, and then they did it again, uh, like sixty fourth minute, I think it was. Uh, and finally, Mbappe suddenly got loose and he scored two goals about less than 100 seconds apart to tie the game at two. They go to extras. Argentina gets another goal from Lionel Messi. Mbappe converts a penalty in like at the very end of uh, extra time stoppage to make it 3-3. Give Mbappe the hat trick. Kylian Mbappe is um, he's 23 years old. He gonna you're going to be. You're, you're going to be hearing his name for at for least the next another 10, decade. 10, 15 yeah. years, 10, 15 <laughs> years. He's uh, that, that he's a star. He's a fucking I mean, star. What's crazy uh, is what take. he's, he's yeah. uh four goals away from tying the world cup record for most yeah. goals. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. He, he, he's wow. got like three more. He'll, he'll, he, he'll get that. Four he's years in from now when it's in North America. Yeah. He's an yeah. insanely talented, uh, beautiful, like blessed football player. And he's uh, his first two World Cups. Uh, they France won the World Cup last time in 2018, and they were in the final this time where he gets a hattie. And so uh, 
if France is going to keep making deep runs with Mbappe, he's going to have that record in no time, man. That is uh, like, like you said, next time he's getting it next when time. the world cup is here in 2026. Uh, yeah. I mean, we could be talking about Mbappe uh, having that record in the quarterfinals, you know, and then he's just adding on whatever, however far France goes after that. So um, I th- like I, I said, Argentina, think, uh, Oh God. Uh, I was just going to say, um, I'm not the biggest uh, soccer football guy. Uh, I'm kind of newer to the bandwagon. But this has been the most World Cup, I think, I've ever been a part of watching. And it's not just because of you and Tyler and the show. I mean, it's people around me who didn't watch soccer who are now watching the World Cup. I guess my question is, being that the World Cup is coming to North America in a few years, there's going to be some games here in in our region, uh, Levi Stadium and on the West Coast. Um, but just in North America in general, like it's going to be across the United States, Canada. There's some games in uh, Mexico that's going to be happening. Do you think uh, the next World Cup could be a uh, – how do you, I don't want to call it a watershed moment, but a moment of it makes football, you know, European football – even more popular in North America because we've been hearing about soccer's going to blow up. Soccer's going to blow up. Do you think possibly the next World Cup being in North America, the United States specifically, could be that big moment? Like it, it could be that thing? It absolutely could. And it, it's part of it is based on the success of the national team. Um, let's start there. The uh, We're going to actually backtrack to 1994 when okay. the men's world cup was last hosted in America and there was no soccer team. There's no soccer league um, soccer leagues before had, you know, they tried and they disbanded, they went defunct. Um, but a- after 1994, that's when there was a huge push to get MLS started and MLS st- uh, started in 90. They were able to get, start playing in 1996. So that was one watershed moment was they were able to create a league that still exists today. Okay. So, so that's sort of like the first level. And so, and part of it is it kind of starts to level off a little bit, the excitement. And then in 2002, the U S men's go to the quarterfinals. They, they win that first knockout stage game. And, and that's another like little watershed moment. It soccer interest peaks again in 2002. That's uh I was paying attention in 1994, but I was like eight years old. So, um, so I, you I had I no really, money. <laughs> I didn't have no money. I wasn't going to the games. Uh, 2002 was like the first time me as like a mostly fully functioning human was able to decide on my own that I'm going to try to pay attention to this. And uh, it was, it, it was a lot of fun being part of that crest. And now we're seeing uh, in 2018, the U S men's, didn't make the world cup and that was the the first year that fox had gotten the rights uh away from espn and abc and the ratings just fucking took a shit and it 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 shows me that soccer is possible like 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 it it, it can happen and we're gonna probably see another crescendo we're gonna see another um watershed moment as you had said where interest is going to to peak again and uh, it, it basically is because when the men are involved, that's when it happens. And I also want to give some credit to the women as well, because they've won four of these, uh, the, four of the World Cups as well. And these, uh, the next one is happening next year in July. And uh, there's, uh, there is any, every single major women's star for, for USA they have a World Cup title, and it goes all the way back to 1999. Mia Hamm, Brandy Chastain scoring the last penalty kick. I still remember that moment. She like ripped her jersey yeah. off and slide, and so she's like in her sports bra cheering. Like, um, so the women have helped grow this game, and they use the same stadiums that the men did five years later, and they so the women's World Cup matches sold out. And I mean, they went door to door, basically handing out tickets for $4 or whatever, but they got people into the stands. There is interest for soccer. And I think this is, uh, I don't want to say it's untapped, but it can 
like we may see the we may see the top blow off in in four years who know you know i mean especially hosting this especially i would imagine hosting most of the major games uh i don't know where those especially if men's if men's and women's go deep you know hopefully one at all you know yeah. uh one of them yeah well i mean the women i go are deep going to win you know if they go deep uh four years from now um i mean winning is everything you know if the men's team wins there's gonna be a, or or gets close goes deeper than ever before yeah there's gonna be a lot of young kids yeah, young, the, young the boys. deepest the deepest the men's team have ever gone is the semifinals in 1930 uh when they ended up uh that was the first year the world cup was ever hosted and there were only uh 13 teams uh 13 nations participating at that time so um if they uh, based on the performance of the men this year, they got exactly what we expected them to do. They made it to the knockout stages. They faced a team that was just better than them and they lost and that's okay. I can accept that and that's fine. But next year I expect these young guys to come together and I expect them to make, um, assuming the trajectories stay as they are and they keep performing and keep improving they, there's no reason why they shouldn't be at least an elite eight quarterfinalist team, you know, and, and I look forward to seeing how that shakes out. I should probably add that we didn't actually say who won the world cup. Argentina won. Um, they won four, two on penalty kicks. Um, both Mbappe and Messi converted their tries and they were the first to go for each of their uh, nations. Um, uh, Lionel Messi. Uh, this was, this world cup was the first, the last trophy yeah. missing yeah. from his, iconic trophy room so he now he has good. that he's yeah yeah he did all right for himself um he's uh he's uh, he was already in the conversation of greatest soccer players of all time and that conversation just got a lot more interesting um between the new school and then uh pele and the old school guys of the 70s and stuff so yeah, this is sure. this is a, a lot of fun to watch uh a crown being bestowed upon him and it basically ends the conversation for uh, Cristiano Ronaldo as well, uh, who is not a likable person to put it yeah. mildly. He's uh, he's a bit of a bad man. Okay. So um, yeah, I don't want to get into him anyway, mo moving on uh, uh, this game. No, 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 no. Let's, let's have a history. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, he's been accused of, um, of sexual assault. Yeah. In no. The past, and he's a, uh, uh, he's, uh, he's been a dick to a lot of fans, but he's gorgeous. So a lot of people are yeah, willing so to go under the rug. And he's, yeah, exactly. So that's the, that's the clip. He's, a, he's attractive and he's good at what he does. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's look yeah, the other is, way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, moving on. So this was the third time that the world cup final had ever gone to penalties uh, for the men's side, at least um, Brazil versus Italy in 1994 and Italy against France in 2006, oddly enough. And Italy won uh, uh, that time in 2006. I believe Brazil won in 1994. So um, yeah, that was, that's your world cup history. And uh, this is, this was an iconic tournament and uh, I can't wait for the next one. I'm definitely gonna um, uh, assuming Everything goes right. I'm gonna get tickets for this next one coming up. I'm uh, in 2026 uh, for the men's side because it'll be nearby. I can get to the stadium relatively, you know, easily. And e yeah. even if I have to go to LA to watch a team that I care about, so be it. But um, the next tournament's actually going to have 48 teams, so we're gonna get a lot more soccer uh, in the next World Cup tournament. And this is going to be a chance for a lot of teams, like, like a quarter of the world is going to be able to make it into this one. So this is something that uh, FIFA is trying to expand. And if you got 48 countries watching, uh, you participating, that's 48 nations that are really hyped up for soccer, you know, so yep. really yep. Uh, looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it because, you know, then I won't have to get up so early to, check out what's going on yeah it'll well be, i mean it'll be right here <laughs> the women's world cup next year is going to be in uh new zealand and australia so uh that's like crazy going to be crazy early for us on the pacific time zone uh we're talking maybe 
like 3 a.m. kickoffs and stuff like that. So, but we'll we'll see. I'll cross that bridge when we get to it. When we get there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely. Don't have to worry about that just yet. Um, maybe something we should have to worry about just uh, now, though, is uh, Steph Curry has a shoulder injury and he's yeah. going to miss a few weeks. Yeah. And the team is already not performing at its best. So, hey, they they look they, good they, against Toronto. Yeah, they did. Um, that was uh, Jordan Poole showing up again. Finally, uh, he dropped yeah, a 40, forty burger. Forty one. Yeah, I think so. Um, he's yeah. That that was a good win. But the other three games this past week, loss at Milwaukee, loss at Indianapolis, loss at Indiana. Excuse me, loss at Philadelphia, and then you get the win at Toronto, which is nice. They're currently in eleventh place, so they've backslid a bit. They were up to sixth. We've slid, they're back to 11th. They're out of the playoffs as uh, if it were to start mm-hmm. right now. Um, without Curry, it's it, it might be a panic time a little bit. What do you think, Sam? I don't, I don't, I don't think it's panic time. Um, what I'm concerned about is, uh, you know, during that win against Toronto, they put a uh, you know, they, they put the young guys in, they put Kaminga in and what they pulled him after four minutes, three minutes. And they, they asked her, why'd you pull him? And they said, because he was dragging ass. Um, so I'm still a little, you know, Kaminga's look good for the past few games, past couple of weeks. And we were kind of talking about maybe he's hitting that, that corner and really starting to become that consistent player. Um, but some, you know, Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman, the three young guys, I mean, uh, they're not consistent and they're not getting after it like we would hope, you know, or, or what coaches are saying they should be doing. Um, Wiseman came back from the G league after, looking decent in the G league, but at the same time, right. He should look good in the G league. Um, he gets back to the big club and doesn't really do much. So I am getting a little, I've been, I don't want to say, um, a Wiseman defender because he's had the injuries. He didn't play much in college. So he just doesn't really have much experience. Um, but being that he's playing basketball full time, he's studying basketball full time. He has the best coaches in the world. He has the best medical staff in the world. I am getting a little concerned about Wiseman, Kaminga and Moody not making the steps going forward. That's kind of where I'm starting to get worried. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. And these guys, especially Wiseman, uh, Kuminga, and Moody, those three specifically, they they invested high draft capital into these guys. But let me and, ask you this. Yeah. Does Wiseman look any different than when he was a rookie? He not doesn't really. look different. No, I, I'm not seeing much growth like, from you, him you, yet. You see the flashes for a play or a dunk, Mm -hmm. but I mean, the little things, defensive positioning, getting to your spot, like the things that you're good at, it just looks good. It doesn't look excellent, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's what I'm concerned about is that the things that you were, you are naturally good at don't look dominant. You're not even improving on the things that you are good at. And that's where I'm getting worried. And it's the same for Moody. Moody looked really good in the playoffs last year when we went on the playoff run. Kind of looks the same. Kaminga, dragon ass. And that's where I'm getting worried. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we have a lot of faith in this coaching staff. uh, And hopefully you know, calling Kaminga out like that publicly saying, you know, dragon ass and stuff. Uh, hopefully that's the right button to push. And uh, I have faith that this coaching staff can 
push the right buttons for a lot of guys. We've seen them do it with Draymond for damn near a decade now at this point. Uh, so I, I I really hope we can turn it around and uh, get back into the playoff mix. Cause right now you're on the outside looking in and I know we're not even through December yet. Uh, it's a little too soon to start talking playoffs, but on the other hand, no, the fuck it isn't. We're- As Warriors <laughs> fans, we, I think we, we look at the championship last year and we're really proud of that. We're really excited about that. But I think we, most Warriors fans who are actual basketball fans will say that we stole one. Like we got away with one. I think like so. They, yeah. Nobody predicted that. Yeah. Nobody knew that was going to happen. Not, no Warrior fan was saying, oh, we're going to win the championship. Nobody was saying that. And I listened to all the talk radio in the local market where we're at in the Bay. Not one beat writer, not one radio host, not one fan calling into these shows, not us. No one was talking about the Warriors winning a championship. So not until we got to the conference finals, at least for sure. And even then it was like, hey, we're here. We know this team, like, what were we saying last year in the podcast was the ultimate cliche, oh, the championship DNA. Like, that cliche got really I love old. that uh, voice of public opinion right there. Oh, the championship <laughs> DNA. That's what public That's opinion right. sounds like. Yep, um, yep. There we go. And we, I got really old. I got really sour on that cliche very quickly. I hate that fucking saying. The championship DNA. Um, that got really old for me very quickly, even though they have the history of championship. This is a different team. Clay is coming off of injuries. Andre wasn't really playing. He's like the seventh guy coming off the bench. It was a completely different team. Looney is, is starting. It's completely different five, you know, center positions, completely different team. Um, but we were really excited when they did win. We stole one. But we were kind of like, as as Warriors fans, I think we were saying we're a year ahead. And this team doesn't look like, the young guys don't look like they're arriving. And I'm worried about that. That's where my panic meter is going, is yeah, that we're, the young guys don't look good. We're over 30 games into the season at this point. It's no longer a small sample size. Uh, the season's only 82 games long. Right. So, I mean, uh, toss out your small sample. We're more than a third in of the way what, through it. Two, and two weeks, two, three weeks, you're halfway through the season. This is, yeah, exactly. this is who you are. Yeah, yeah. you got uh, – uh, they're playing tonight. So, nine more games after tonight. They're playing the New York Knicks, and we'll, we'll at least mention the score next week about that. Uh, right. Um, so – yeah, I mean, you're talking, we're nine games away from the halfway point, and this is... And with Curry, you have how many wins on the road? Two? Yeah. With Curry? This is, this is not... They're not getting the job done on the road. Clearly, they've lost three out of four. Um, with and without Curry, they've just been dog shit on the road, so that has me concerned as well. Um, hopefully, we get it turned around, right the ship a little bit, and uh, get into the playoffs and... Who knows? Maybe that uh, that that detested championship DNA. Championship DNA. Championship uh, DNA. Uh, it turns, you know, shows up. That's right. I, I will say though that if no matter what seed the Warriors are, if they are in the playoffs, they're the most dangerous seed because if they're in the playoffs and they're healthy, they can they can get hot, and yep. we've seen that for many many years now. They could get hot and they can wreck you know, a, a lot, lot of, of championship aspirations. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. However, you know, uh, being that the Warriors are that um that team, there's gonna they're the number they're target number one, even if they're not very good right now. Um, they're nobody wants to get beat by the Warriors. You know, a lot of teams want to beat the Warriors and redeem themselves to a certain degree get the um, best punchers you, you, you yeah. get the best punches i do believe that. in that i do i do believe that you know the jordan bulls jordan got the best punch from everybody you didn't you didn't coast against the bulls so you're not going to coast against the warriors even if they're not a very good team right now 
Um, so, I mean, you never know what you're going to get, but I, you know, I think we're both panicked about the young guys. I don't think we're too worried about the, you know, Wiggins is hurt, you know, and, and hopefully he gets back soon. Draymond's having a revival year. He's been really good. Um, Jordan Poole, I don't think anybody was necessarily worried about Jordan Poole. I think some of the shots weren't dropping like he we were hoping, but I think you saw the energy, you saw the effort, you you see a little bit of defensive uh, improvement. I don't think he's ever going to be a first-team, all-defense team, but he's getting better. He's getting smarter. Um and I he's think about to get to be, some run now too. There's yeah. there's something to be said about him in, in the starting lineup. Every time he's in the starting lineup, he improves. His numbers improve. So I do think there's going to be an uptick in his uh, in his numbers offensively. Um, we see the second unit kind of stabilize a little bit with uh, Draymond's minutes being staggered into the second unit. I think that's going to stay that way for the rest of the year for the most part. But Young guys need to step up and need to improve quickly. You know, like we said, we're almost halfway through the season. You're kind of, this is who you are. All right. So turning our attention to baseball, we have some more hot stove news. Uh, lots of yeah. major signings mm-hmm. happening uh, for some surprising amounts uh, in some cases. Carlos Rodon goes to the New York Yankees, six years, $162 million. They have the money to do that. That doesn't shock me. Carlos Rodon is, uh, uh, he proved himself worthy last year of a big contract, even in a middling uh, Giants team. So Dansby Swanson goes to the Cubs, seven years, 177 million. Are they ready to start spending again after not spending for a while, shedding salary? You know, could be interesting to see. JD Martinez goes to the Dodgers on a one year, $10 million contract. Uh, I think he's, you know, taking a show me deal in that at this point, uh, Andrew Benintendi goes to the white Sox five years, 75 million. Uh, that's, that's a pretty good pickup for a team that disappointed last year. Um, uh, we, a lot of us had them in the world series, not just the playoffs last year. Yeah. They, they didn't get close. So, uh, uh, Ross Stripling to the giants two years, $25 million. That's a very giants signing. You know, uh, uninspiring, but he's going to he's probably going to do pretty well for him uh, for these next two years. Taiwan Walker to Philly four years, 72 million. You know, interesting. Uh, Here's a news alert. Uh, Trevor May signs with the Oakland A's. Yeah. For a set one year, seven million. Somebody actually wanted to come to Oakland. Yeah. Uh, Dollar (laughs) dollar bills, y'all. Seven Um, million. Well, oh, yeah. 30 years ago, when you sign a guy to one year, 7 million, it was like, damn, back up the Brinks truck. Yeah. <laughs> right now. Yeah, that's the- like big whoop. Yeah. Whoop the fucking do. <laughs> All right. Uh, Matt Carpenter to the Padres one year, $12 million. I can't believe he's still playing. Yeah. How old is he? Uh, I think he feels older than he actually is. Um, let's, uh, I think he's a little bit younger than we suspect. Uh, no Joey worries. Gallo to Minnesota on a one-year, eleven million dollar deal. Uh, Michael Brantley is going to stay in Houston for another year, twelve million. And the Giants were supposed to have their press conference to announce yeah. Carlos Correa, uh, but that was delayed. There's a bit of uh, medical questions happening. I was I was at work. I'm driving, and uh, the radio stations are. You know, we're going to have the uh, press conference and just. And then, you know, they're all hitting the sound alerts, breaking news. Susan Slusser says they're waiting on medical. Everything is canceled. And I think the the concern through the media is radio silence, is that the Giants are saying nothing. Radio interviews are canceled. And it's not just with the player. It's with staff. It's with coaches. Like, it is dark. It is nobody knows anything. Yeah. And these beat writers are reaching out to the Giants and the Giants are saying nothing, which is um rare because the Giants do a pretty good job of communicating to the media. Um so something's going on. There's rumors that it's his back. There's rumors that it's COVID. Um 
Greg Papa was talking about it today that maybe maybe it's uh COVID and something else, not a injury where he's not gonna be able to play, but because of HIPAA law, he's you know, Greg Papa calls games for the Giants, so he's trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, but as an employee of the Giants, he was also very like, what the fuck is going on? Because you're not releasing any information. So I think that's the biggest concern is these beat writers. I mean, there's a Giants beat writer. I forget the, his, his name exactly is, you know, he, he just put a tweet out that was like, you know, the shrug emoji. I don't know. <laughs> you know I, I don't oh, know. man. Medical so, something is happening. Yeah. Um, and uh, as uh, I mean, I'm this sure is a three hundred million dollar contract, right? Yeah. 13, 13, 13 years, three fifty. Yeah. So I mean, so, this is a, a very large contract. It's the fourth largest guaranteed money uh, in right. a contract ever. So and uh, this could huge be, deal. They're they they were talking about it today on the radio that saying that you know um, the ownership of the Giants maybe they start gaining some of the physicals there is a history of back issues um um i mean he's he played like 130 something games and 140 second something games the last two years but before that he never went above 110 so right uh, there's been a history of back issues he missed quite a few games uh, um three four years ago and they brought on uh KNBR brought on a um a beat reporter from the Houston area who covered the Astros during those years. And he was saying that um he had a you know Correa had an extensive back regiment pre and post game, and that he was uh after a game, even if he hit a walk-off, made a spectacular play, he was unavailable. And the media was waiting an hour, two hours because he had to do his post-game regiment for his back to make sure he was ready the next day. There's also documented uh, information that pretty much during a game, he was not sitting on the bench. That when he was not batting or fielding, he was in the locker room laying down. Um, because he was, n- he was not able to sit because of the back problem. So we don't know if it's the back problem. This could just all be blown out of proportion. We don't know. We're speculating. Um, but like you said, Vince, this is a huge contract. It's the largest contract in giants history. Mm-hmm. Um, so may, you know, there's speculation that maybe the giants are hearing the ownership is hearing some of these, uh, injury concerns and, the doctors are maybe saying that, you know, hey, this guy's what, 28 years old, 26, 27, 28. 20, he's 28. You know, so what is his back going to look like two years, three years, five years? And in MLB, for anybody who doesn't know, if you sign a guy to 13 years, he's getting paid 13 years. Like he's getting paid at least <laughs> if you cut him, you release him. Yeah. He's getting paid. Well, that's when that's when it's the guaranteed. money. Yeah. It, the money's it's all guaranteed. guaranteed. So they, I mean, we, we joke about, um, on July 1st Albert Bell. is, uh, oh no, not Albert. That's who, who I wasn't reaching for is, um, uh, the Mets. Um, uh, fuck. Why am I blanking on it? Um, uh, who's the, the, the player, um, that played, uh, God damn it. This is great radio. Um, <laughs> isn't it Albert Bell? No. Um, well, uh, okay. So, um, is this a sign? Uh, Bobby, Bobby Bonilla. Bobby Bonilla. Bobby Bonilla. Day. Yeah, okay. You're 100% right. Yeah. That is correct. So Bobby Bonilla is going to, st- I mean, he still collects paychecks, hasn't played uh, in 20 years for them, and he'll collect them for another 12 or so. What did they owe him? They owed him like $9 million or a million dollars for the next 30 years or something. Yeah, crazy. exactly. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, fleeced them. Um, so is this, um, with this delay, is this a sign that they could possibly be renegotiating? The contract or it's already signed so there's nothing it's, that they can really the, the, do. they can only void it uh, at this okay. point for medical um Correct. they're not gonna yeah, they, the, tim they came to an agreement and when you read it in the newspaper or see it on twitter or whatever it'll say like giants in korea agreed to 300 yeah. million agree in principle yeah. is like a lot of phrasing that you'll see 
Yeah. So, or or it's like once you see it in the news, it's already done. Like they've already, mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. it's already a thing that's been been agreed upon. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so uh, uh anything else baseball we want to talk about real quick or no? We're good. Well, there's still no uh A's uh stadium updates. Yep. The you know, the Royals are working on their stadium, the so are the Angels. Um, you know, that's another um, one. So there's like a lot of stadium stuff going on. Unfortunately for us A's fans, there's, I mean, free agency. I mean, we traded uh, Sean Murphy. Yeah. Um, this team is definitely going to lose 100 games. Um, if they didn't get the number one pick this past offseason, they will definitely be in there next year. Um, I mean, we're looking at one of the, I think we'll be this this upcoming season will probably be the worst season the A's have because you look up and down this roster, there is nothing. I mean, they're they're even looking – I read an article the other day that they're looking to trade uh, Kristen Pache. Um, so, I mean, this team yeah. is going to have nothing. This it's, team is, is a The cupboard horse. is bare. The cupboard is bare. Um, I mean, and then you look at you look at the people they got back in return. You know, and it's not to knock anybody in their profession, but, you know, you traded a really good catcher for not even great prospects. I mean, you got guys that they're not going to, if they are on this team, they're not going to be very good. This team, they the prospects that they have in the pipeline, all of their better prospects are in single A and double A. These guys are years away. So, yeah. I mean, the, the A's are going to stink for three, four years. I mean, this is not like, and there is, we talked about this a few weeks ago when Billy Bean is basically away. He's gone from the A's. Like he's not really, he's a consultant to the owner. Yeah. Um, I think that was a telling sign of what's to happen in the future. And to me, I think that signals it happened right after the Oakland mayor's uh, race. I I don't think I am optimistic. I do not think the stadium is going to happen in Oakland. And I think um, Billy Bean, you know, walking away from the uh, A's happened right after that. so I don't think the stadium is going to happen. And I think Billy Bean just finally said, like, I'm not going to have the money to win here. I'm moving on. He it's been well documented that he's he's with a, a group that wants to buy a soccer club. Um, I think he's moving on to to different things, new challenges. And we know John Fisher is not going to spend the money on free agency, retaining talent or stadium improvements. So. I think the A's are entering the darkest of times over the next year, two years, three years, four years, five years until they get a stadium that pays for everything. And my last thing is people who are, I've had many conversations about people that fans pay for baseball and sports. If you still believe that fan attendance is paying there is no way in hell. Just look at the basic mathematics. Do you think that the Giants are able to pay $315 million over 13 years based on fan attendance? No. That is TV revenue, shared revenue by MLB. That's not just Giants media, Giants television, Giants attendance. That's just cheese, extra cheese on <laughs> your taco. Yeah. You know, all right. Those yeah. days are over. So the Absolutely. A's are going to stink. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just want to uh, quickly go over the Sharks real quick. I do have one uh, major note. Tomas Hurdle was suspended for two games for a high stick on Flames Elias Lind- Lindholm. Um, uh, he's never been fined or suspended before in his 618 career games. Um, I watched the play. And basically what happened was Lindholm uh, cross checks him a couple of times right off of the third period um, uh, center, uh, like, like puck drop. Uh, Lindholm cross checks him a couple of times and Tomas just kind of gets pissed off and like swings his stick at him. 
if if he hits him in his belly instead of his head, um, uh, it's nothing doing. Um, but uh, but yeah, he, as soon as he realized he was about to hit the head, he kind of pulls back a little bit, but it's too late. It does make contact with the head, and um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think two games is probably a fair suspension based on what I saw. Um, I don't love it. He's the best player on the offensive. Uh, he's the best forward uh, on the team, I think. So. Uh, that's unfortunate for him. As for action on the ice, uh, they won against Arizona 3-2, and they lost at the at LA playing the Kings in the shootout 3-2, and they lost at home against Calgary 5-2. That's the game where Hurdle got suspended. They're currently seventh in the Pacific, still ahead of the Anaheim Ducks. So uh, Duck Hunt is still on, baby. And quack, that's, quack, quack. That's right. Quack, quack, motherfucker. All right, let's go. Um <laughs> That is your Sharks update. We will go more into it uh, as the season goes on, I'm sure. All righty, guys. I think uh, that's a wrap. Do you got any extra points? I do not. Um, that's that, that does it for me. All right, guys. If you haven't already, please like, subscribe, whatever platform you're listening on, uh, please subscribe hit that notification bell on YouTube. Um, it does a, a a lot for our very small channel. We want to continue to grow the channel, produce more, eventually do some live streaming and some videos. So please uh, subscribe, comment, interact, everything you can do. Uh, we want to be a show of the people and interact with you more. Shout out uh, Sweden, Colorado, Arizona. Uh, we're starting to build a little bit of a following in those locations. So thank you so much, Vince. Give us a shout out on our uh, social uh, medias, Instagram and Twitter, SVT sports pod, um, email us SVT sports pod at gmail.com and slide into our DMS. We look forward to interacting with you. And you remember your homework assignment is to listen to this two times. And I want you to listen on Spotify and Google. Okay. So there you go. That's your homework assignment. Uh, Google and Spotify. it <laughs> <laughs> also happy holidays merry christmas <laughs> that's coming mm -hmm. up that's right uh, so. uh looking forward to some time with the family and uh, i hope you all have a great time as well out there with your family and love all right bye i'll be the same <laughs>